0: Hey, we're all, hey, Zia, we're all coin-operated, all right? So here, here's the deal. Find out how Zia is compensated and use that language in your proposal. So let's say you're compensated on operating income margin. Well, show me the ROI and all that. So Zia, by the way, here's how much it's going to expand margin. So, you know, is it a lot of work? It, it can be. The good news is, Zia, it is so, once you get it done for, say, consumer packaged goods, you can leverage the crud out of that
1: Hi, welcome. This is Zia here. My guest today is Dr. Stephen Timmy, Amazon bestselling author and a member of the Forbes Business Development Council. Stephen spoke to me about insight-led selling and the best practices around it. Without further ado, let's get back to Stephen.
0: Well, Zia, thanks Thanks for inviting me. Looking forward to you and I have a chat for the next half an hour or so.
1: Awesome. So, Steve, to get things rolling, uh, you know, tell us about your uh, professional journey so far. Connect okay. the dots for us, please.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, in a previous life, uh, I was a professor of finance at uh, Emory University here in Atlanta, where I live, and I loved being a professor. But I decided, being a professor, I was not going to take a vow of poverty. So uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to consult for a number of Fortune 500 companies, and mainly in their operations. Almost always brought in by the finance group, but mainly work with operations. You know, how can you improve performance? How much would be worth financially? And Zia, just by pure luck, I was doing an open enrollment workshop, and um, this guy that uh, worked, it was me in logistics, comes up and says, "Well, you you've got all these cool tools, and you know how you know executive buying executives think. Have you ever applied it to sales?" And the answer was no. And so I hung around him for a while. They did okay, and that's when I decided this is how companies. Internally, you know, buying executives make decisions. Why wouldn't enterprise sellers think the exact same way? So that's when we pivoted into uh, enabling sellers to one quickly get information about their client. Because we all know if it takes you a long time to get the information, people are typically not going to be doing it. And uh, so, helping them get more client insights around their financials and goals, but then also okay, you, you have all this great information. How, how do you help them achieve goals? What is it that you do, Zia? Rather it be like, I don't know, it could be cloud, it could be automation, it could be you know all those things that are out there today. So to really helping them make that linkage between what clients are trying to do, what they do, and then how they can help them. And then being a finance type, I always have to add the uh, how much.
1: Steven, tell us a little more about... Um... You know, how how are you uh, working with your clients, especially through Finlistix? So tell tell us more about Finlistics, what do you yeah, yeah. offer? And uh, in terms of what has been your impact when you work with the customers, right? Where, where, where do they see the successes and things like okay. that?
0: Okay, yeah. So so we we do, and and hopefully people don't take this as a sales pitch, but Zia asks, I want to tell them, is that we, we really do uh three things. One is, you know, as as you know, more and more executive buyers are you better know my industry. Don't come in with all this generic stuff. So when we help uh, our sales organizations, they're all B2B, mainly technology, enterprise sales. Um, So we help them One, like, what's going on in the industry, right? What are the tech trends? Uh, What are the business trends? What are the risks? Uh, To to help provide that perspective. And and again, we provide a financial perspective that even though there's all these different financial metrics out there, as in every industry, there's, two, maybe three, that really drive all the value. So what are those metrics? And then we, we then pivot and start talking about, well, if these are the common goals and strategies in an industry. And these are the areas of financial performance that matters the most. What is it you do that can help them? And Zia, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I've been doing this a long, long time. You Typical salesperson, you can get them comfortable with some of the financial parts and the number one question I get asked by salespeople, we get asked by salespeople all the time is okay, I understand, let's say days in inventory or I understand like banking, the efficiency ratio. What is it we do? Right. <laughs> so uh, so the next part is really helping them say, okay, let's align what you do with these common goals and strategies or specific customers, those those type of things to really just help them have it. Tell me how. You you can help me right, and then we'll get into the how much. So that's that's really the second part. And there's education that goes around that. I have a bunch of uh, former executives that act as coaches and that kind of thing. And then the third part, which is really the biggest part, is uh, we then have a platform called Client IQ, which allows them to go in and develop these customer insights. So let's say for the example, for example, I'm going to call on Kogate Pamala, you know, they within a matter of minutes can say, oh, wow, their they're, you know, growth is going up, revenue growth is going up, profit margins declining. Oh, well, we know how we can help improve profitability. Or we know they're trying to take out, I think what, $600 million in cost. So that's the part that really helps them put all this into practice and save them tons of time. And the numbers that we get is that it's around 80% uh, the sellers utilizing this technique report, I think it's like a 20% larger deal size. We get a lot of qualitative feedback that, you know, I didn't know how to talk to a senior person in marketing. Now I know how I get greater credibility, you know, those, those, those type of things. And that's really the rewarding part is just people, it changes their lives. And, and, and that's just wonderful.
1: Yeah, I love it. I mean, I, as someone as who sells uh, into enterprises, and you know, uh, I know this is really important, right? Because these days you have to spend a lot more time in terms of making sure that you are talking to the right customer. You don't go after hundred clients. I mean, if you are selling into enterprises, go after four or five. Make sure you do dig deeper into each one of them. Right. And it looks like you really help. Uh, if you don't mind, Stephen, uh, stretching that a little bit, uh, I saw some uh, you know success stories with someone say IBM or Cisco Mm -hmm. using your services and solutions. Can you talk more about that if you don't mind?
0: Uh, Yeah, I can talk about the stuff that's in the the public domain, but that was, you know, some of the the research that we did. And this is sellers telling us this. And we know that sellers typically don't want to give anyone credit so, no, that's that's what we found is they were saying that it was helping them increase uh, deal size uh, for a large percentage. And so I tell people all the time, I mean, just think about if you could, for half of your sales, increase deal size 20%, which is what we found. Oh, my gosh. And especially when you think about it in the context of, you know, um, most sellers nowadays, unfortunately, are not making quotas. So was that aspect of it. Uh, they they talk about you know being able to edge out the competition more uh, because as as you know Zia the buyers are much further down the buying cycle now right and so you got to come in and you got to hit hard it can't be you know we're in 160 countries and look at all this technology that executive buyers that I work with could care less about so uh, the other part was being able to edge out the competition just coming in and and being more credible than the competition and then there's you know, they found, you know, they do report something about, you know, this saved us time doing research. And that's interesting to me, but my experience is, you know, something that manually would take this long people just aren't going to do. So, you know, you could say it would take 20 hours to do all this or 30 hours where the reality is most people aren't doing it. So there's a time savings, but the other ones are the real business outcomes. Plus just building credibility, feeling more confident in front of these executives. And as you know, the buying groups themselves are getting larger. Maybe I used to be able to just call on the CIO. Well, guess what? Omnichannel, you're going to be talking to people in marketing. You're going to be talking to people in merchandising, store operations. So you, you need to know all this. You need to be able to tell a different story or tailor the message. And that's one of the things, the feedback we get is that, oh, wow, you know, I've never talked to someone in marketing before at that level. And you know, I've, I felt more confidence because it's all about confidence.
1: And I will also include links to your website and the book. Also. Oh, thank you. Um, so, while we are talking about the book, uh, I know you had an opportunity to talk to many buying executives on the other side of the table, right? Right. So, uh, in in your uh, uh, you know during your experience with them, your interviews with them, uh, what what do you what what do you think they really want from the sellers? What do they see in their uh, uh, you know in you know, the people they interact with on the other side? Yeah,
0: it boils down to three things. And, and um, we, we talked to buying execs from Coca-Cola, Procter & Gamble, uh, I'm trying to at t uh, you know, also in the Southeast, a place called Honey Baked Ham. Um, I don't know if they have that up in New York, the great ham sandwiches. And I was talking to the CMO there. I was hoping she'd give me coupons, but she didn't. But anyway, uh, and different size, like mid-sized community bank, a bunch of so yeah, three things themes kept coming up. Number one, number one, tell me something I don't know, right? Uh, number two, show me the the business and financial benefits of your solution. So first of all, make make, make sure it's aligned with what I'm trying to get done and then show me the, the, the financial benefits. And the third thing was uh, make my life easier. So tell me something I don't know, uh, show me the business and financial benefits and make my life easier. And Z, I I got to tell you that first one, especially for these Fortune 500 companies. Like, for example, Candy Conway uh, was one of the ladies that we uh, executive we interviewed. And she was the former uh, senior VP of global operations for AT&T. I mean, big, big job. So I said, Candy, I said, you want an enterprise seller to tell you something you don't know. You got this big staff. You got all these consulting companies in there. And she goes, no, absolutely. She goes because I get meet you know senior levels. We too get down the weeds. Um, you know we want this outside perspective. And she said, you know, sellers see dozens of companies a year, and we're all trying to go with five G or we're always all trying to increase our net promoter score. And her point was, you know, don't give away anything confidential. But you see stuff I don't, and I like to. What are the others doing? And then the other part, Zia, was you know. Well, tell me what are the pitfalls because I think you'd agree that most time, most sales presentations, are all smiley face, you know, all this is going to 300% ROI. Well, that didn't always happen. (laughs) So those are the three major takeaways.
1: And what advice do you have for uh, uh, enterprise sellers uh, in, in terms of how to adopt an executive mindset and being more relevant to the executive buyers?
0: Yeah, well, it, a couple of things we, we laid out in the book. Uh, and by the way, th- this book is uh, it was a labor of love between Melody and I, because we have a lot of friends in sales. We all know the sad statistics, you know, 70% of buyers think that sellers don't understand their business. And I mean, oh, I'm sick of that. I don't want to hear that yeah. anymore. So what, what we, what we talked about is first of all, you know, how do you think like an executive, right? They are seeing a, a, you know, across the organization. It isn't just a point solution for the most part. So, hey, get inside their head, you know, understand how they're compensated, understand how that rolls down the organization. Uh, the other part was then know their, know their industry. Don't be, uh, for example, we, we talked to Don Garibaldi and she was the former VP of supply chain for Asia PAC. For Procter and Gamble, billions and billions of dollars she helped you know uh, manage, and she said, "You don't have to be an industry expert, but if you're going to talk to me. You know, y'all know something about consumer, you know, package goods, right? And y'all know what's going on in the industry, and y'all to be able to help me figure out ways to leverage opportunities and mitigate risk. So the next part is really, you know, what about the industry? And and when I say that, you know, just pick for starters, pick one or two industries, right? Even if you tell across a whole bunch of them." And and really get to know that industry. And again, don't be an industry expert, come up with your experience. So that that was a big one. Uh, the other part that we talked about is getting to know those buyers. You know, I, I used omni channel as an example, right? Where retail drive revenues through you know uh, differentiated omni channels experience. Man, marketing's involved, merchandising's involved, distribution logistics <laughs> involved. So, so let's say you, you, you sell something that provides greater customer insights. Just about everyone I listed there and store operations are in some way going to benefit from your solution. So how do I talk to someone in distribution and say, oh, by having greater insights, you know, your on-time delivery can go up. And for marketing, greater customer insights, oh, look, you're going to have a higher campaign response rate. So it, it's really you know tailoring that message. And it sounds like a big science project. And it's not up to the individual seller. That that is totally unfair to say, Zia, you're on your own. I mean, sales enablement has to be involved. If yeah. you got any industry folks, they have to be involved. So you know, so so the next part is in talking about, well, what are the how do we impact the you know the company financially? And as I said earlier, there's two, maybe three, like in retail, you know, everyone's trying to grow the business. But you know, executives at retail talk about gross profit margin. Oh, okay, well, how, how do we impact gross profit margin? And they get into how much. So within each industry, what are those couple of metrics? And get the house statement down. And maybe you don't impact. The, you, you know, maybe there isn't an impact on some of those key metrics. But as long as there's one, you're going to be able to talk to some folks. And then you know, the traditional, how do you you know show the financial benefits? And one of my favorite things there's is. You know, people do payback and return on investment, which is all good. But what we put in there is find out how Zia is compensated and use that language in your proposal. So let's say you're compensated on operating income margin. Well, show me the ROI and all that. So Zia, by the way, here's how much it's going to expand margin. So, you know, is it a lot of work? It, It can be. The good news is, Zia, it is so once you get it done for, say, consumer packaged goods, You can leverage the crud out of that across any of your customers in that industry. So my point is always, don't boil the ocean. Pick one or two of your key industries. Go through that five or six-step process. Make sure it's a team sport. And uh, you're going to be really surprised by the results because most most executives, I mean, study after study shows it. Our research shows it. Think that enterprise sellers just don't get their business.
1: And uh, you uh, spoke about that briefly, but why do you think it's important for sellers to know how the executives are compensated?
0: Hey, we're all, hey Zia, we're all coin operated. All right. So here, here's the deal. In fact, I think I was looking at Vodafone's last week. One of our clients was looking at Vodafone. So we were helping them do some research. So they get, Uh, I'm trying to think. So revenue, right? How revenues are growing. Uh, Then they have some measure of profitability called earnings before interest taxes, depreciation, amortization. Uh, And then they're compensated on what they call their uh, customer metrics like churn and net promoter score. And so for you to come in, I'm I'm not going to say, Zia, I know how you're compensated. I think that's creepy. And by the way, I know where your kids go to school and that's weird stuff. But because that's what's motivating them, right? They want to do what's right for their company. Every executive I've ever met, you know, they 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 want to do what's right for their company. But you know, if I get you know sixty percent of my annual bonus is is based around some of these financial metrics, and you can come in and say, Zia, you know, we're here to help you improve your overall performance. And you know, some of the areas we want to focus on are those like revenue growth and you know, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. Now they know that you know. You don't have to tell them that uh, because that's what they drive towards. And then if you even look at taking some of those metrics and you break it down further down the organization, every company I've ever worked with, you know, I don't care you're a store manager, you're you're managing a warehouse, I don't care what it is, they all tie up to those three or four key metrics. So by you knowing that, you know what they're going to respond to, and it's going to be much more personalized versus. We can come in and improve your overall performance. Well, what's the area of it, right? Because I get compensated on these two or three. So very, very powerful. But uh, yep, yep. We've, we've done surveys. And this is what's interesting. Only 10% of enterprise sellers use executive compensation. So my point to everyone is, listen, if only 10% is doing it, do it. It's easy to find. Make it part of your conversation and be a part of that uh, elite
1: group. Whatever you're talking about, Stephen, is, in my opinion, is more about public entities, right? Public companies. Mm-hmm. But you're going after private companies. Almost all of this is not available to the uh, sellers, right? So how, how do we go about that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this is, I'm glad you brought that up. In fact, uh, one of the things that we do at Finlistics is we offer these uh, freebie webinars because I still have that professor in me where knowledge should be free. Uh, in fact, we just did one uh, with Robert Bagley. He's an EVP at HMTX, about an $800 million private company. So here's, here's what you do is you say, OK, well, all right, so HMTX is private, right? But they're in the manufacturing space. So you know what? I'm going to look at uh, some of their publicly traded peers or at least some of that industry to kind of get an idea, what, what are they talking about? Right. And right now everyone's talking about how do we better manage labor, how do we, you know, survive supply chain disruption. So the first thing I strongly recommend you do is go and see what people in that industry that are publicly traded, what they're talking about, or look at the trade publications. Or I go to I go to YouTube for just about everything and Google. So, you know, what what are uh you know CFOs most focused on in 2022 in consumer package goods or banking use that as a starting point and I confirmed this with Robert and I, I have worked with gosh over the years like a dozen private companies uh, anywhere from manufacturing to retail to distribution and logistics goes on and on and they're like, yeah you know as long as you come in and you know let me know that you at least tried, ask me some questions and then the other part of that is so one you know what the common goals are second thing is uh and this is available in the public domain we we have a lot of this information but oh well we'll we'll look you know in your industry you know growth is going up profit margins are going down and i did some research and uh it was rising labor costs hey are you experiencing the same thing they want to talk about it right and so you can very quickly by doing some research. Uh, find out what's going on in the industry, what's happening financially, and then you have to have your house story. You know, how have you helped others in the industry to better manage their expenses, right? Or how have you helped others in the industry to grow revenues? And you're you're going to find uh, that the majority of the time they're very open, especially as the bigger they are, they want to talk about themselves. Now this this varies by geo. I got to tell you, you know, because as you know. In North America, we'll just tell you anything you want to know, right? <laughs> uh, Europe, I find, and I'm really, really generalizing here, but it's, it's yep. what I found. Uh, so Europe, it's a little bit more reserved, but they know if you, if I can't, if I can't ask, you can't ask ask questions and me answer them, you can't help me. And then, then why I find, uh, you know, China in particular uh, and Japan, much, much closer to the best Um, but I've seen, I've seen it work. You just obviously have to build people's confidence. So there's a way to call them private companies and you need it because we did a survey recently, um, of a variety of, of enterprise companies selling companies, 50% plus their revenues come from private companies, not 50% of their customers, 50% of their revenues. So yeah, you got to figure out how to do it for those private companies, but you can, in fact, it's easier. To me, because you're not using the company's actual numbers, which you might insult someone, like hey, your profit margin's falling. I saw so this way, hey, I saw in the industry this is what's happening. But um, you'll people that aren't doing it this way, you'll really, really be surprised how people open up.
1: And like you rightly pointed out, it's also the uh, the the kind of questions that you ask build, builds your credibility, right? It does. Uh Steven, in your experience, um, w- what have you seen change? Uh because of pandemic in terms of enterprise sales and buying behavior and selling behavior and things like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Big. I, my impression, and I hear this from lots and lots of sellers is, you know, virtual selling ain't going away, right? It was already on the rise and it's, it's just going to stay. And so, you know, it's like, you, I'm sure you're like zoom, zoomed out. Right? I can't take any more zoom meetings. So you really you you have got to be really engaged. And part of being really engaged to me means that, hey, Z, I know you're trying to expand margins by improving operations, specifically in you know, distribution logistics or manufacturing or whatever it might be, or you know, you're 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 trying to reduce uh you know the amount of time it takes to approve loans and you went you know straight through processing, whatever. So very quickly, you got to get to the point, right? And and then the second thing is, is what I'm finding, and, and one of the things that we really promote is early, early on, I'm talking about maybe that first or second call, once you confirm what they're up to, is oh, well, Zia, you know, in your industry, here's how we've helped others. And be more specific. Just don't tell me, oh, well, not in your industry, we've helped people improve revenues. What does that mean? Right? So be more specific. In your industry, we've helped people drive revenues. By helping them reduce churn and increase cross-sell upsell. And here's how we've done it. So, so get to that operational KPI level where we're finding people want faster and faster. And then give some insights and say, well, you know, Z, I can't promise anything, but you, you know, for a company your size, if we could do for you like we've done for others, not a promise, it'd be worth this many millions of dollars. So what I'm finding, and I hear this repeatedly, and I think that's one of the reasons why more and more companies want to know more about us you you got to get to the bottom line because they're burned out on Zoom meetings. There's lots of people, You know everyone everyone's saying the same thing. So you just have to differentiate yourself because, you, you know, on Zoom meetings, something's got to be happening. You know, it can't be the typical long 30-slide presentation. It's too too boring.
1: An important question that I ask all my guests is, how do you handle a down day? How do, how do you approach that? <laughs>
0: Well, I'm, I'm fortunate that I don't have a lot of those, but, you know, I do run my own companies and there's sometimes challenges with customers or the technology or, you know, you, you occasionally have, you know, an employee that, you know, is, is being is being more challenging. So, this, this is what I do. Of course, I get down. Right. I'm like, oh gosh, I just cannot wait for this day to be over and five o'clock to be here. I'm gonna have a glass of wine. So anyway, that's it. uh but I also think about all the stuff we've accomplished. I mean, I'm very proud of our company. And I, I'm very proud of, you know, the fact that we have such loyal customers and I've just got wonderful folks to work with. So what I try to do is okay, let me get let me get this bad stuff out of my head. And you know, I really look back and think about what's been done, but I also think I look forward and it's and it's not just Oh, you know, we're going to grow twenty five percent this year. Is that important? Of course it is. There's no question about it. But you know, look at all the things we've accomplished, and look at all this new cool stuff that's coming out. And so I really, I just try to put myself in, in a happy place. I mean, I, I'm not saying there's a, I have this great methodology for that, but because um, it's such negative energy, and nowadays especially, it's just as you know, Z, it's so easy to like say what is going. <laughs> Turn on the TV for five minutes, and you're depressed. Uh, so I, I just, you know, think about all the good stuff. And then it, I also, it usually works itself out. You just don't, you know, like hope was it hope is not a strategy, but, um, you know, it almost always worked out and I tend to worry about things I shouldn't sometimes. So I just kind of talk myself down from it. Plus I've got great folks to work with. I just call them up and say, listen, you got to talk me off the cliff here because I'm about ready to jump.
1: So, uh, uh Stephen, uh, Final, I mean, this has been great conversation. Again, thanks for the time. But finally, before we sign off, do you have any advice uh, for the enterprise sellers and, and the sales heads who are leading those teams? Any final advice for them? Yeah, this is
0: my final advice. You have got to know what are their goals and strategies. And it's in the public domain. As we talked about, see if it's a private company, use some of those. But that's that's number one, right? They just, if you don't know that, you're just going and shooting in the dark, right? And, and then the second thing is, is get the how, you know, how can we help you? And I learned that from Tom Shoe. He was the former CFO at Walmart. That was very fortunate to work with Stephen. We're both finance people, but tell me how you're going to help me. And then the, how much, so really get that how part down and don't try to boil the ocean. Just pick a couple of goals, a couple of the industries, get into how you can help them financially uh, get into specific, you know, KPIs, and so really for individual sellers, you, you need that playbook. For our sales leaders out there, you know, this this ought to be part of the regular cadence. I mean, so what is your client's goals? How can we help them? Right? What might be the financial benefits? Because you know, you know, you're the ones that are driving this. You know, I find individual sellers, unless motivated, aren't going to do it. And then our friends in sales enablement, listen. There's a big responsibility for you all too. And that's, a, to me, a big, big part of your job. So that's it.
1: So uh, this has been fantastic. Thanks again for taking the time to uh, come on the pod today. And and we have touched on most of the topics at a high level. I know I'll find another opportunity to dig deeper into each one of them. But thanks Great. thanks again for the time today. Okay. See you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please do subscribe to the podcast and I will greatly appreciate if you can leave a review. If you have any suggestions for future guests or any feedback, please write to me at zia at sellingtoenterprises.com. See you on the next episode. Thank you.